At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Diversion Podcasts. Test four five, test four five. First thing I want to ask you about, what were you thinking about you know, the whole week with press conference? What was going through your mind? What was it like here at home? Well, I wasn't really thinking about the whole thing. My parent, my father asked me when, when I was like that at a press conference. I was like, come on. It really didn't matter to me. You know, I, I didn't care. But I think my mother and my father, I think they were really nervous. And I could sense that. And I would kind of tease them. and say, hey, you're more nervous than I am. And it was kind of playing to me. They were running around, make sure I... I knew what to say and how to say everything and things like that. And I was just cracking up because it really wasn't that big of a deal to me. And uh, for the whole week, basically, that's what it was. Back in July 2010, everyone in America, at least everyone in America who cared about professional basketball, was fixated on a single question. What team would the biggest basketball star in the world, LeBron James, play for next? LeBron had spent his first seven NBA seasons with his quasi-hometown team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. He had grown up a few miles away in Akron. 
but now he was a free agent, and he could play for any team he wanted. And when he was ready to reveal his decision, he reached a deal with ESPN to televise his announcement. He handpicked an interviewer, famed sportscaster Jim Gray, to help build up some artificial drama. And then he said this. Um, and this fall, man, this is very tough. Um, and this fall, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and um, join the Miami Heat. Any basketball fan who watched that interview and who had a good memory heard something in those words that should have been familiar. LeBron James might be the greatest basketball player of all time, but when he made that announcement, the one thing he wasn't was original. That line, I'm going to take my talents too, wasn't his, not first. He ripped it off from a 17-year-old high school senior who made a similar announcement way back in the spring of 1996. Uh, Kobe Bryant have decided to take my talent to uh... <laughs> No, I have decided to skip college and take my talent to the NBA. That was Kobe Bryant on Monday, April 29th, 1996 at Lower Marion High School in a packed gymnasium making it official. He wasn't going to Duke. He wasn't going to LaSalle. He wasn't going to North Carolina or Arizona or Michigan. He wasn't going to college at all. He was going straight to the NBA. Two months later, the Charlotte Hornets took him with the 13th pick in the NBA draft, then traded him to the Los Angeles Lakers. That press conference represents the apex of Kobe's confidence and self-assurance during his high school years. During that little pause before he says, no, I have decided to skip college. He puts his hand to his chin like he's thinking about something. He's pretending, playing to the crowd, like he was an actor or a talk show host. A few days before that press conference, though, Kobe wasn't so confident. In fact, he had been questioning himself about the wisdom of his decision. Those doubts didn't last long, but they were there, and Kobe needed some help and advice to get over them. He needed to talk to his dad, Joe. It's the first time I probably really doubted myself, saying, well, what if I'm not? And my father told me, he said, when was the, the first time you ever doubted yourself? Like, you, you, you never doubted yourself. You were in high school, you never doubted yourself. You came in there, you, 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 people were doubting you, saying that you can't do this, you can't do that. You pulled them all around. You said, you know, only advice I can give you is that you never doubted yourself, so I started now. I think that was, that was great advice. Kobe had kept this secret from most of the people in his life, even many of those very close to him. His coaches, his teammates, they thought he might jump to the pros, but they didn't know for certain. Only a very few people did. Jeremy Treatman was one of them. I'm still amazed by that, that no one really knew that a teenager went to such lengths to keep a secret. When I visited Jeremy on Long Beach Island, I asked him about it. What do you think that says about him, that he was able to keep that secret and that he was willing to kind of only tell certain people about it? He was smarter than anybody we knew. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people surmised it, but 
nobody nobody actually had heard him say it. But I mean, I don't think people were surprised the day of that press conference. But until you actually hear it, you know, it's like your grandfather's dying and like everybody's sad, he's sick, and then but when he actually dies, it's like, oh my God, it happened. You know, it's it's like, oh my God, this press conference happened. He actually said he's going to high school in the NBA. It really happened. So it was it was kind of like that. With that announcement, Kobe Bryant launched himself into the stratosphere of stardom, and he would remain there for the rest of his life. But for many weeks before that press conference, he had already been tasting celebrity, getting close to it, seeing what it was like, and sometimes it was hard for him to handle. In fact, he needed Jeremy Treatment's help with what you'd think would be the easiest thing for a superstar high school athlete to do. He needed help getting a date. I'm Mike Sealston, and from Diversion Podcasts, this is I Am Kobe. Episode 8, The Taste of Fame. We'll come back to that fateful press conference later. First, I want to give you a little context for all that confidence that 17-year-old Kobe was flashing there. Like I said, he may have been completely poised on the basketball court or even at a lectern in a huge room full of people, but in other settings, he wasn't so sure of himself. And often, those settings involved girls. Now, I realize we're heading into sensitive territory here. In 2003 and 2004, Kobe Bryant was accused of and charged with sexual assault. At the least, he committed adultery. At the worst, he was alleged to have committed a heinous crime. It may be tempting to draw a straight line between Kobe's social life and habits as a teenager and his alleged actions as a grown man. It may even be natural and understandable. Everyone brings his or her own experiences and perspective to this topic and has his or her own opinion on that aspect of Kobe's life and story. I'm not going to tell you how to feel or what to think about Kobe or about what he did or did not do. What I will do is present his own words, present anecdotes I uncovered during my research for this podcast and for my book, present my own insight, and let you decide for yourself. Yo, talk about how Coach Treatment hooked you up. Uh, you know, I heard a lot about her. I just wanted to go check her out and see her, see her play. And Coach Treatment took me to a game, and she was getting busy. She had, like, a triple-double or something like that. Jeremy Treatment celebrated his 30th birthday in February 1996 by introducing Kobe to Kristen Ace Clement. She was the female version of Kobe Bryant at the time, the top female high school basketball player, certainly in the Philadelphia area, perhaps in the country. Her name hadn't been in the press as much as Kobe's, but she was something of a local celebrity. Five foot 11 with long brown hair, she had been linked romantically to Eric Lindros, the star player for the Philadelphia Flyers hockey team. She also had serious game, 
she went to Cardinal O'Hara High School, a girls' basketball powerhouse not far from Lower Marion. She later went on to play for legendary coach Pat Summit at the University of Tennessee. Here's how they described her during a broadcast on NBC10 Philadelphia. Green Smith called her an All-American. USA Today called her the best player in Pennsylvania. But as Big Al Meltzer reports, to her friends and teammates, Kristen Clement is simply called ace. Jeremy had covered Clement for the Inquirer High School Sports Show, the TV show that the paper had started just a year or two earlier to focus on the high volume of amazing young talent in the Philly area. He set up a meet-cute for Kobe at one of her games. Kobe saw himself and Clement on similar tracks, both elite basketball players, both under the glare of the spotlight. And remember, Kobe was so immersed in basketball, so focused on honing his game and making it to the NBA, that it could be challenging for him to make time for dating or to find a point of connection with a member of the opposite sex. He had a quasi-girlfriend throughout high school, a girl he met at a party, but most of their dates consisted of her coming over to the Bryant's house to watch basketball games and basketball videos with Kobe. Not exactly the most romantic thing for two teens to do on a Friday night. But with Kristen Clement, he had that connection through basketball. He sat in the bleachers and watched her play. And after the game, Jeremy introduced them. From there, they chatted frequently on the phone. Sometimes Kobe would call her from a payphone after practice or a game. But he insisted they weren't dating in the traditional sense. Well, we have a lot in common because she's the number one player. I'm the number one player. A lot of the same things she's going through her junior year. I went through my junior year. So yeah, a lot of things in common. We talk on the phone about that stuff a lot. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, they're, they're romantic or, or whatever and things like that. But that's really not the case, which is very, very close friends. And uh, we get along very well. She made a big decision to go to Tennessee in junior year. I give a lot of guts for that, because I would never do anything like that, <laughs> ever. So it's actually the opposite of what you did. Exactly, exactly. But you know, I give a lot of credit for that, and I wish you the best. And I hope next year, next year's going to be very hectic for her. When you first went over to meet her, did you think it would start some kind of relationship, friend, or whatever it is? Yeah, I could expect that, because we had so much in common, you know? Or it was just going to be like a how about thing, because we had so much in common. And I could see that, and I think she understands that. We talk about other things, you know, songs and movies and games and things like that. We just really hang out and have fun. She's another friend. Uh, you love going to her games, right? Yeah, I love watching her play. She, she can play. <laughs> See the on the show? Oh, my God. She can play. And, uh, it's like it's like watching a great player go to work. You know, I know when people come to watch me play, I know that's why she comes to watch me play, because I can put on the show. I come to watch her play because she can put on the show. People sometimes look into it and say, well, they're going out because they're at each other's games and things like that. But I'm thinking, I'm like, well, why, what are you doing there? You come to watch her play, right? I'm saying, that's what you're doing there. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I just put on the show. Yeah. So who's been teasing you about it besides your hobby? Mm. <laughs> he's, been the, he's been the only one. Really? He's been the only one. Cracking little jokes, but yeah, a lot of people are saying things, wondering. We understand if you're in the spotlight, people are automatically going to say things. We understand that. The Robbie that Kobe and Jeremy mentioned there, of course, is Robbie Schwartz, who I introduced you to in the last episode. Kobe's Lower Marion teammate and passenger on those rides to the gym for Kobe's early morning workouts. 
But Robbie was more than just a guy who chased down rebounds for Kobe or sat on the bench for the Aces during games. He was his wingman on one of Kobe's dates with Kristen Clement. They went on a double date to a restaurant in Ardmore. It was a memorable night for Robbie, but not because of his date or the dinner conversation. Here's Robbie talking to me about Kobe and Kristen. Yeah, of course. We went to Ruby's one night. This was after one of our games. I think she came to one of our away games. Uh-huh. So we're like getting off the bus and he says to me, he goes, you want to he come to Ruby's with me? And I'm like, what? I was just like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, he's like, no. he's like, I'm supposed to meet Ace there and she's bringing a friend. He goes, you want to come with? I was like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> So it was so weird. We went to Ruby's, which is no, which just closed, by the way, in Suburban Square. But I remember sitting in the booth, and I was sitting across from this this girl who I did not remember her name for the life of me. And we were sitting there, and we were like the wing people. And I just remember looking around, and everybody was like staring at our booth. I don't think I said more than like ten words the whole night, but it was definitely it was definitely like a. Um, Come with us so it, so we're not alone. Right. You know what I mean? Because, yep. yep. like, I don't know what they had got. Who the hell knows? I mean, she was a big fan of his. Uh-huh. She was she was very nice. And uh, we had a very fun night. But I remember, I don't I think we said anything. Worse. Robbie told me he understood why Kobe had asked him to accompany him and Kristen Clement on their date. I mean, basketball was 99% of his life. But, like, he was as normal as the best player in the, in the country could be. Uh-huh. Because I think people acted different around him. Like, if you were introduced to someone, like if you met me, like, hey, there's a, a guy who plays lower marine basketball over there. You would come up to me and say hi and, and be normal. But people never acted normal. They would just say dumb shit or just like <laughs> act. They like, they like forgot how to act around him. Around this time in Kobe's senior year of high school, his fame was growing. Sometimes incrementally, sometimes in great leaps. Coverage of his basketball exploits was increasing, which meant more people were reading his name in local and national newspapers or seeing him on TV, which meant more people were recognizing his face and his name, even basketball's biggest stars, even the biggest sports star in the world. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hey, this is Mike Sealski, host and writer of I Am Kobe. This podcast project came out of my work on a related book, called The Rise, Kobe Bryant and the Pursuit of Immortality. If you want to explore other parts of Kobe's story, check out The Rise. It's not just a book version of the podcast. I dive deeper into some of the topics covered in this series and even some that we don't cover at all. Kobe's upbringing, his family, his identity, his effect on his friends and teammates, his journey into the NBA, and his earliest days with the Lakers. The Rise, Kobe Bryant and the Pursuit of Immortality is out now. Just head over to theriseofkobebook.com and you can buy it from any of your favorite retailers. That's theriseofkobebook.com. Thanks. On the night of Monday, March 18, 1996, the same day that Kobe broke his nose in practice ahead of the state semifinals, he and his father Joe went to the Spectrum to see the Sixers play the Chicago Bulls and to get an audience with Michael Jordan. Kobe had met Jordan briefly in eighth grade when Joe had taken him to a game, but this was different. John Lucas, the Sixers coach at the time, invited Kobe into the team's locker room to say hello to his old pickup game friends from the summer, Jerry Stackhouse and Vernon Maxwell. Then, Lucas escorted Kobe down to the visiting locker room yeah, to meet to Michael. Michael. Michael had all these media people around me. And, uh, first of all, I didn't know he knew who I was. I didn't know he had a clue that I existed. But he knew. He knew. He said, Kobe, what's up? I'm like, right away. Yeah, I'm, I'm turning around. I'm looking. I'm saying, is there another Kobe in here? I know he ain't talking to me. He reached out, stuck his hand out, and I shook his hand. I remember his hand being so small. Like, the main advice that Michael gave me was enjoy the game. And I think that's, that's probably the best advice that he could give me. Because a lot of pressure that's going on, a lot of hype that's going on, it's very easy. People become easily distracted. And uh, therefore, the game can't be enjoyable. And he said, don't let people do that for you. You 
Stay yourself and go out there and have fun out there on the court. And everything will be fine. Jordan had no idea, of course, that Kobe had pretty much already made up his mind to go to the NBA. So he did what any loyal North Carolina alumnus would have done. He lobbied for Kobe to go to Chapel Hill. I knew what he was going to say. Go to Carolina. That's what Scott said. That's what Scott Williams said. Hey, he said it. He said it about three or four times. Hey, man. It was up to me. I made you go to North Carolina. You know, it was cool. Uh, but again, like, I didn't know... He knew anything about me. I didn't stand up there on the wall. He came up to me. He was like, hey, you know, nice meeting you, young man. All this other thing. Things like that. I'm like, this guy. And he's like, you're the best player in the world. And you look at him, and he's just a human being, just like everybody else. Was that why you weren't nervous? I wasn't nervous at all. I mean, oh, you're a basketball player. You're a supreme basketball player. And I knew you can achieve that goal from hard work. And I knew that you work harder than everybody else. I wasn't nervous at all. I was very hyped up. So to me, here's the funny part of that now legendary encounter between the greatest basketball player in the world and young Kobe Bryant. At the time, nobody made a big deal about it. The Philadelphia Inquirer barely cared about it or mentioned it. There was a throwaway line in a story about Kobe a few days later. And if you think about it, why would anybody make a big deal of it? There have been lots of quote-unquote best high school players in America. And not all of them, not even most of them, turn out to be all-time greats. Who thought Kobe was going to be the next Michael Jordan, except maybe his family, Jeremy Treatman and Greg Downer, and Kobe himself? I mean, Jordan was 33 at the time, in his prime, and Kobe was just 17. But think about this. Michael Jordan won his last championship with the Bulls in 1998. Kobe won his first with the Lakers in 2000. That's just two years of separation from the king to his heir. When you look at it that way, those few minutes in the locker room before that Sixers-Bulls game back in 1996 weren't just a random interaction between an immortal and a kid who admired and emulated him. They were a prelude to a torch passing. There were two more major events that took place in Kobe's life before his time at Lower Marion came to an end. And these events showed two things. One, that he was becoming more famous by the day. And two, that he knew he was becoming more famous by the day. And he liked it. Let's cover the second event first. In late May 1996, Lower Marion held its senior prom. And the gossip at the school came down to one question. Who was Kobe going to take? There had been rumors for months. A reporter from the Lower Marion student newspaper actually asked Kobe if he was taking Tatiana Ali, an actress who was starring on the show The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Champagne! Oh, great, I love champagne. I mean, I, I love the look of it. The color and the, and the bubbles. For his part, Kobe was happy to let the scuttlebutt swirl. 
Here he is talking to Jeremy Treatment about it. They would say, first of all, I was joking around. At the beginning of the year, I joked around with this, this girl named uh, Renee Williams. I was just joking around. Like, I told her, I was like, look, I'm going to take Brandon in my prom. They're like, no, 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 you're not, no, you're not. Yeah, I'm taking Brandy on my prom. Like, okay, okay, okay. And I switch up, I'm taking Tatiana Ali on my prom, girl from the Fresh Prince. Oh, that's what I They're like, no, 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 no. I'm taking Brandy on my prom. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of like switching up and playing with them. But the rumors Man. weren't all that far from the truth. And you heard Kobe there mention the name of his true eventual prom date, the actress and singer Brandy. Now, if that name doesn't ring a bell to you, then you probably weren't alive in the mid-1990s. Because in that era, Brandy was everywhere. She had hit songs. In 1993, her debut album was released and went on to sell more than 6 million copies. In 1996, she began starring in a hit TV show in which she played the title character, a sitcom called Moesha that Kobe and his sisters, and seemingly half of young America, watched all the time. You can think of her as sort of a younger version of Beyonce in the mid-1990s, with a more wholesome image. Kobe wanted to meet Brandy, and he got his chance through another staple of 90s pop culture, the R&B group Boys to Men. Here's a short version of how it all went down. Kobe's sister Shea took part in a fashion show. There, she met Mike Harris, known as Big Mike, a marketer and promoter who worked with Boys to Men. Now, Just in case you've somehow missed one of the most successful R&B groups of the last 30 years, a group that has sold more than 60 million records and continues to sell out tours to this day, let me just say that at this time, in 1996, Boys to Men was a huge pop music phenomenon that dominated the charts, dominated MTV video airplay, and dominated young women's hearts, especially in Philadelphia. Philadelphia was the group's hometown. Mike Harris was interested in bringing on Kobe as a client, too. That's an important detail, because it's not like Big Mike was going to any lengths for Kobe solely out of the goodness of his heart. So Kobe and Big Mike meet up. Kobe happens to mention that he has a little crush on Brandy. Before you know it, Kobe is in New York City a few weeks later for the Essence Awards, and he's on his way to the Four Seasons Hotel in a limousine with Big Mike and two members of Boys to Men, Mike McCrary and Wanye Morris. Wanye Morris has a room in the hotel, and everyone heads up there. I'm going out to his room, but Mike walks in the room, and he starts giggling. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I walk in, I turn to the left, Brandy is sitting on the bed. I'm like, my mom just dropped, man. I started laughing, right? I'm like, oh my goodness. I think that's the first time I've ever been nervous. Because I, I was like, oh my goodness, no, they did not just do this. They're sitting there cracking up. All of this was arranged. Big Mike had a plan, a scheme to try to coax Kobe into hiring him, to have the kid make a big splash on the national scene with a publicity stunt. What nobody in the public knew was Wanye Morris and Brandy had been romantically involved. Nevertheless, Big Mike got Morris's permission to have Kobe ask Brandy to lower Marion's prom. It was all a setup. It's good, but evil, man. Then, you know, me and Big Mike went back up to the room. So then and there, Big Mike, not Kobe, 
called Brandy and asked her to the prom. You know, I'm a man called whatever. I mean, mean the world to me. You want to power them? It's just like that. She's like, okay, okay, cool. I have to ask my mom first. So when you were nervous, when she was on the bed, what was your exchange like? Did you say hi? Or? Yeah, I said hi. It was, by me, it was like, it's going to be unexpected. You know what I mean? You know, I was just like, what? <laughs> and I was just like, um... Did she not hurt her? She, I, I think she could say. And she asked me, man, because I was just like... <laughs> she was more, was more shocked more than anything. She's like, uh, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. How you doing? <laughs> Whatever. The whole thing was an odd combination of a cynical hunt for publicity and an old-fashioned formal courtship. Yes, Brandy did ask her mother for permission to accompany Kobe to the prom. She had to. Her mother was her manager. And Kobe, the big man on campus, the most recognizable person at Lower Marion High School, never worked up the nerve to ask Brandy to the dance himself. The two of them hung out a little and chatted on the phone a few times before, finally, prom night arrived. Kobe spent the afternoon with his friend Jermaine Griffin, watching a Chicago Bulls playoff game. It seems like everybody knows about the prom now. Me and Jermaine were watching basketball videos. The Bulls were playing. They're playing the playoffs. Watch the game. We were late to the prom. Uh, Go pick Brandy up at the Marriott. Uh, I go pick her up by myself, first of all, because I like, we stopped at Tarvia's house, Tarvia Lucas' house, dropped Jermaine off, they taking pictures or whatever, and I went by myself to pick Brandy up at the Marriott, and, man, she like, she glowed, man. The dress, everything was just so perfect. When they got to the Bellevue Hotel in downtown Philadelphia, the media were waiting for it. Here's a clip from NBC10 Philadelphia that catches them arriving at the prom. Limo after limo arrived, bringing couple after couple. Everyone was sporting all sorts of fashions and hairdos. Three hours after it started, Kobe Bryant and his date pop star Brandy Norwood finally arrived in a white limo. We pulled around the corner of the Bellevue. You see all these cameras, all these lights and whatever. I'm like, this is a big deal. You got two 17-year-old kids going to prom. We get out and cameras and everybody's asking questions. One people would ask a real dumb question. Everybody looked at me like, what in the world? Brandy, are you going to sing tonight? No, I'm just going to have fun, yeah? She's like, she's like the sweetest girl, man. She's like, no, I'm just here to have a good time. And all the classmates who were there bad-mouthing the whole thing, we get in there and they're like, oh, can we have a picture with y'all? You know, can we get close? Can we talk to y'all? And I'm like, Hey, get up out of my face, man. <laughs> nah, they was mouthing. I don't know, I don't know. Jealous, I guess. When we walked in, people still were like, Brandy? Are you serious? I thought you said you weren't taking it. I was like, oh, a lot. Big deal. Y'all standing there talking behind my back. You know what I mean? I didn't say that, but they were like, I thought you said you weren't taking it. Oh, you know, I lied. <laughs> yeah, I don't, man, I don't even care about them. I don't care about them. They're not my friends anyway. You know what I mean? My friends are people who are close to me and been close to me. The basketball team. Fake friends. That's 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 they are. I have my close close people to me. Of course, you know, guys on the basketball team like my brothers. Interesting. Kobe was seeing the other side of fame. The whispers, the resentment, the curiosity with his every move. 
and he didn't like it. He was just a 17-year-old kid, of course, but he was a pretty smart 17-year-old kid, and one might think that it was hypocritical of him, that it showed his immaturity at this stage of his life to complain about people talking behind his back. You can completely understand that a teenager wouldn't want all the ins and outs of his life revealed to the world. But remember, Kobe had courted all the attention he was getting. It was unrealistic of him to think that nobody was going to resent him or be jealous of him or think he was entitled and spoiled and full of himself. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. All of that brings us back to where we began this episode. In the Lower Marion High School Gymnasium in late April 1996, Kobe at that lectern for that fateful press conference, telling the world that he was off to play pro basketball. Uh, Kobe Bryant have decided to take my talent to... Uh...
No, I have decided to skip college and take my talent to the NBA. He didn't seem to mind the attention he got that day. Throughout the morning and into the afternoon, he welcomed every question from his classmates and teachers. He liked having a secret, knowing something that everyone else wanted to know, but didn't. I picture him walking around all day with a sly little grin on his face. He had this piece of information about himself that everyone wanted him to share, and he wouldn't, not until he was ready. He was in control of his story. He had to love it. And I, the day of the press conference, right, my classmate was coming to me and said, Kobe, you know, I have a lacrosse game. Why don't you tell me what, what you want to do? And I said, uh, no. <laughs> they tell people, ask me. I just say, oh, I don't know yet. I'm just going to make it up at the spur of the moment. But uh, I'm glad it turned out. A lot of people came in and, you know, supported or whatever. But the whole week before, I was just, I was really nonchalant. I really wasn't even focusing about the, the whole decision process. It was just like a normal day to me. But I think everybody else was so hype around it that they kept aggravating me in school and asking me, and it was, class really wasn't the same. I just talked about the whole decision day. People. In class? <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was funny, but it was fun. Yeah. You like an example of one of the classes? Well, metal and jewelry class, you usually have to make stuff. Like little metal bracelets, whatever. And that day, kids are just running around, just asking me, uh, you know, sitting all close to me, saying, oh, what's your decision? What's it going to be? And my teacher said, well, you know, kind of listen to the conversation. You know, what are going to do? And I took give a little, put a little two cents in, saying, well, I think you should do this or whatever. But it was fun. What about the preparation? I love the thought of that scene, Kobe Bryant in metal jewelry class, making a bracelet or a necklace, fending off questions about whether he was going to college or the NBA. The press conference had been his dad's idea. Joe thought Kobe's announcement was newsworthy enough for such a spectacle, and he was right. He also got Jeremy Treatman to plan and set up the whole thing. Jeremy wrote up a press release and called all the local and national media to make sure they knew about the event. All that buildup really revealed Kobe's intentions without him having to reveal them himself. Think about it. Would he and his family have called a press conference if he weren't going to the NBA? The answer by then was so obvious, and had been obvious for so long, if you were reading the tea leaves, that Kobe never had to tell anyone outside his inner circle what he was doing. And who was in that inner circle? Well, there was his father, there was his mother, there were the Bryant and Cox families. There was Sonny Vaccaro, the sneaker mogul who had signed Michael Jordan to his first contract with Nike. By that point, though, Sonny was working for Adidas, and he had been talking to Joe, setting up a deal with Kobe for months. Included in that deal was super agent Arn Tellum. Remember Arn Tellum, the kid from Southwest Philadelphia and Lower Marion Township who grew up admiring Joe Bryant? Well, now he was going to represent Joe's son. Kobe's teammates, he never told them the secret, but he didn't have to. They knew. Same thing with Greg Downer. That's right, Kobe never explicitly told his high school basketball coach whether he was choosing college or the NBA. When I was at that press conference, I, I really kind of oddly did, did not know what he was going to say. He had a, you know, a really small inner circle at that time, which was probably Joe, Pam, and the Coxes and, and probably Sonny Vaccaro, Arn Tellum, 
but you know, I, I didn't know what was going to happen that day with the uh, sunglasses up on the forehead. Ah, yes, the sunglasses. Talk show hosts and columnists went bonkers over Kobe's decision, and they went really bonkers over the spectacle of it. The arrogance of it all, the press conference, his manner at that press conference, and his attire at that press conference, which included a pair of black oval designer sunglasses that rested on top of his head. How dare he? I really improvised it. I think uh, my mother really came up with what I was going to wear. And then she pretty, she pretty much had a couple shoots out, and I just had to decide which one I, I prefer. He uh, described the one you I can't describe it. It was like a beige kind of color. Uh, beige jacket. Beige jacket. Uh, had some nice beige shoes. It's a fast, fast That's all I remember. I can't get into detail on it. You the glasses like that? Oh, that? That was my idea. I've always loved glasses. I love glasses. And um, I figured why not start something new. I put them in my head and I didn't know it was a big deal. Everybody thought I even hit up. That criticism didn't bother Kobe, and neither did the questions from the reporters on him. No, they pretty much asked everything that I expected them to ask, and then some. I think um, some of the questions were really um, trick kind of questions. They would really try to catch you into saying something that you might regret. And uh, I don't know if they they took me for granted and say, oh, he's a young kid, maybe you won't be able to see it. I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you trap me into saying something that I, that I don't want to say. I look at it as media questions. It's just another game. It's like a game of game of catch up. Like let me think of it. Uh, like the road runner. I know you've seen that cartoon. He's always trying to catch him. He can never catch him. I, I think that's a, that's how the questions kind of are. They try to catch you. They try to get you in a situation, but they can never catch up. Jeremy Treatment, of course, was one of the first people to learn that Kobe was jumping straight to the NBA. It would be easy and self-flattering for him to look back at that time and tell himself and everyone else, hey, I knew what Kobe was going to do before just about anyone else did. But as we sat there together by the Long Beach Island Bay, he made what I thought was a pretty honest admission, that even he didn't see the big picture back then the way Kobe did. Maybe being in the eye of a hurricane means... You don't see clearly how it's going to reshape the entire landscape. Well, I'm, I'm pretty naive to this whole thing, and even though like I've become one of these big basketball showcase entrepreneurs, I was still pre- I was actually pretty naive when I started that too. Did I ever think about he was comparing himself to the NBA at that time? No. Have I ever thought about it ever? Not really. Until you know, I think about it a little bit now. But he he definitely was preparing him. Him and Pam were definitely preparing him for life in the NBA. What did you think at the time, before his senior year? Did you think this was a kid who could jump straight to the NBA? Did you think he'd just be a terrific college player? What did you think? No, I, I, I didn't think that until they told me, uh, to be honest. Um, I, did, I, I was privy to, to the plan, but I didn't, I didn't I, I mean, who would have thought it at the time? Nobody, nobody thought about that. When Kevin Garnett did it the year before, I remember a lot of people were saying, God, he's so smart. He, he would have had to sit out a year. There was no other option. He didn't have a 700 in the SAT, so he fucked the system, and he went right to the NBA. And bam, number five pick in the draft. And I remember just thinking, Kevin Garnett, that was such great advice, whoever gave it to him. Um, and then with Kobe, he was like, no, I, I, I did think NBA stardom. I absolutely thought Michael Jordan. Absolutely.
But I'm not sure Jeremy really thought through the implications of what he was saying there. He was right. If Kobe didn't become the next Jordan, he got as close as anyone ever did. But for Kobe to reach that level, to develop into the greatest basketball player on the planet, and come close to matching the greatest of all time, he would have to change. As I'll explore in the next episode, Kobe would have to harden himself even more as he grew older, as the demands and pressure on him increased, as his world grew more vast, and as his world, at the same time, shrank. There would have to be sacrifices along the way. His free time would be scarcer than it already was. The charms of his youth would begin to vanish, and he would no longer have room in his life for certain relationships. His friendship with his old confidant, Jeremy Treaton, would be one of those sacrifices. Sure, I wanted to be a part of Kobe's life. I absolutely, I love the kid. I love the family. I, I loved it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't about money. It wasn't about fame. It was about I, I wanted to be I wanted to be part of his life. That's next week on I Am Kobe. I Am Kobe is a production of Diversion Podcasts in association with iHeartRadio. This season is written and hosted by me, Mike Sealski. It's produced by Jacob Bronstein and directed by Mark Francis. Story editing by Jacob Bronstein with editorial direction from Scott Waxman. Editing, mixing, and sound design by Mark Francis. Stephen Tompkins is our production assistant. Our theme music is Create Yourself by Grover Brown, featuring Justin Starling. Find Create Yourself wherever you stream music. Music supervisor is Scott Velasquez for Freesound Sync. Executive producers are Mark Francis and Scott Waxman. Join the conversation about I Am Kobe on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at Diversion Pods. Thanks to Oren Rosenbaum, Susan Canavan, and Jeremy Treatment. Hey, look, I rise before the sun. They don't understand when I say the grind is fun. Never clock out even when my work is done. If they trying to block me, I might hurt someone. Through the blood, sweat, and tears, we persevere. Stay killing it. Better keep the hearses near. If they don't believe in themselves, they revert to fear. Now the champ is here, so I'm telling them, that's my ambition. The reason why my work's so damn different. To the negatives, I can listen. See me at the top, you can listen. I'ma mold the clay like cash is See, I pay my dues plus taxes Gotta work ethic and grind ahead of its time If someone say that they made you, tell them you create yourself I'm the best you finna watch us, but It's about that time You gotta stay clocked in, break by break We create ourselves Watch me, watch me, create myself Shot clock, time's up, create yourself Nice, go hard, create yourself. Gotta learn from the great minds. No, we ain't lying, tell them that it's game time. This talent wasn't given, it was made. The future, anytime I can change. Better tell them that I made it back home. As I walk through the halls of the fame, I came from the valley of the shadow of death. Waiting for a silver spoon, don't hold your breath. Same town, same dream, but I did it with less. I know who I'm meant to be, so there's nothing to guess. Yeah, there's nothing to guess. It's our time, tell them we up next We don't got any regrets I did it with my two hands and we never forget That's my ambition The reason why my work's so damn different To the negatives I can't listen See me at the top, you can't listen For real
rebuild, reshape. Give it your all, you got to risk take. Do it now, and I'm saying why wait? Someone say that they made you, tell them you create yourself. I'm the best you finna watch us, by It's about that time you gotta stay packed in, brick by brick. We create ourselves. Watch me, watch me, create myself. Shack clack, time's up, create yourself. Lay nice, go hard, create yourself. Gotta learn from the great minds. No, we ain't lying, tell them that it's game time. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet Three Six Five. Twenty-one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.